You're listening to Do That Well with your hosts, Brenda Brown and Karen Thrall, a podcast about real experiences and how to turn them into life lessons. Unscripted, honest, funny, genuine, and passionate. A series of conversations where we explore every aspect of human interaction and provoke each other to do life well. Thank you for joining us. Today on Do That Well, we are going to have a conversation about how to talk about mental health in your workplace with your colleagues, your manager, what have you. And uh, I brought this topic to you, Karen, because it is something that I've actually experienced in my own life. Uh, If you're a listener Mm -hmm. of Do That Well, you probably know that I am very open about the fact that I've struggled with different (laughs) mental health things uh, throughout my life, and it's, it's an ongoing battle. So to kick this conversation off, I just want to do a small little storytelling that (laughs) that does involve you, Karen. Um, Back when we worked together at Fluvog, I did have a time in my life where things got really hairy. It was just there was a lot going on in my personal life. I was I was really struggling with my mental health and I felt that that was affecting my performance at work. And I had this, I had a lot of back and forth with myself about whether or not I should bring that to you because I was really worried that I was going to start showing this in my performance. And I was worried that if I didn't say something that you would just start to think that Mm -hmm. I just wasn't good at my job. So I did eventually come to you and I I didn't say like, hey, I'm having a mental health crisis or anything, but I did just disclose to you that I was having some troubles in my personal life and I felt that it was starting to affect my job. And you were so encouraging. I mean, you, you know, you asked me how I was doing. You asked me like what was going on if I wanted to share. You gave me that space. Um, and you told me that you didn't feel that my performance was being affected. You reminded me of the ways in which I was still meeting all of my job functions and I was still, and and you reassured me that everything that I felt I was starting Mm -hmm. to fall behind on was actually still within the scope of what would be (laughs) normal within the workplace and you weren't worried about it. So that is a success story about Mm -hmm. talking about mental health in the workplace. But I know that it doesn't always go that way. And, you know, we had a good rapport, we had a good relationship. So I felt that that was something I could bring to you, but that isn't always the case for people. And Mm -hmm. you don't always know how it's going to be received. You don't know if it's going to go well. You don't know if your manager is going to hold that against you. And maybe you don't get the promotion or maybe you get projects taken away from you because now your manager thinks that you're not going to be able to handle your job. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a lot of ways that that talking about mental health in the workplace uh, can be a not positive experience. Mm-hmm. So it shows that it shows that it's still um, an eggshell walking on eggshell topic, right? It's it's been around forever. Mental health mental health um, concerns have been around forever. It's just no one was ever allowed to talk about them, and it's still a very uncomfortable conversation. There's nothing to be uncomfortable about. Absolutely nothing. And you know what's crazy about your story? What I remember is the story behind what was impacting you. Hmm. That's what got me the hardest. It was when you shared, when you started opening up about what was really going on. I mean, even now, like I got that, I just got a lump in my throat because that I to this day, I've never forgotten the story. Mm-hmm. And 
I, you know, that's why I think it's, this is a great topic to like, how do you talk about it? Because there's always going to be a story behind how you're doing. It's not like you just wake up one day and go, oh, oh, I feel, I feel, I think I'm having a mental health <laughs> breakdown. There are reasons why this is going on inside you. And that's why it's okay to talk to people about it. And I, I think it's great. I, I'm excited to do this this uh, 30 minute episode. <laughs> I, th- I think it's, a, I think it's good that we're addressing it. I do. I agree. Uh, so if I may, before we really kick off our conversation, uh, as we like to do here, we, we found some articles, but there's just a, a small tidbit from a Harvard business review article, which we will link in our, uh, bio for this episode. And basically, Harvard Business Review did a survey of a whole bunch of different respondents about mental health in the workplace. And this, uh, they released one in 2019, and then they did another survey with a lot of the same data points and talking points. So they actually have a, a comparison of data that they, they now have. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I did think was interesting when it comes to specifically talking about mental health in the workplace it says that nearly two-thirds of respondents talked about mental health to someone at the workplace in the past year. And this, you know, is an important step in the right direction, especially in terms of reducing stigma, because that can affect willingness for people to seek treatment. But with all that being said, of those two-thirds of respondents that did open up and talk to someone at the workplace, only 49% of those respondents also described their experience of talking about mental health as positive or reported that they received a positive or supportive response. So you have this increase in people that are talking about their mental health, which is great because as the article says, that's a huge step in the right direction in terms of just us reducing stigma and normalizing having these conversations with one another. However, there was really no change in how positive that outcome was. So more people mm-hmm. are talking about it, but you're still getting, you know, only a little a little less than half of the people are saying that it was then a positive experience. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's scary because now mm-hmm. you have people that are wanting to talk about these things. They're wanting to open up. We're trying to reduce stigma. We're trying yeah. to have these conversations, but it's still not always going well. Um, and that's, you know, I think that's a really hard pill to swallow if you yourself are thinking about opening up about these things in the workplace, but you know, again, you just have that element where how, how could this go wrong? It mm-hmm. it could go wrong. It could be negative. It could affect your role. It could, you know, yeah. and, uh, there's a lot, there's a lot there. And, and one thing you brought up in our prep time and actually Harvard, Harvard agrees with you, Brenda, <laughs> was how you said with COVID and everything that happened during those 18 months, it had an, it had a strong impact on our, our, our nation. Mm-hmm. And, and we're still seeing the effects of that impact. It really did have a negative impact on, on so many levels on, for so many people. So there is a, it reminds me again, how, you and I both are super committed to self-care, self-compassion. And I hope that's the message we really, that people can really sense from us is we're huge advocates of self-care and self-compassion. There is no shame. So we got to get rid of that shame. Shame is like Brene Brown talks about how shame is I am that I am this, that 
no one's saying you are anything. There's no shame here. This is just something that is part of our human as being human beings. This is, this is something that really happens and we want to address it. Um, I did notice uh, some of the symptoms I thought might be good. So people are wondering, well, are they talking to me? Um, I thought some of the symptoms were really interesting. One was um, if you stop caring about how you look when you go to work. Now, I know most people are virtual right now, but even if you just stop caring and maybe you stop showering or you don't comb your hair and you all of a sudden you're just not taking care of yourself the way you used to, mm-hmm. pay attention to that because that might be a sign. Another one, and I'm giving you just some of the more popular ones, another one is you can't concentrate. You And it's not because there's children running around or there's <laughs> construction out the window. It's like even in your normal setting, you're having a hard time concentrating. So like, that might be something if you, oh, I can't, I, I'm reading the same line over and over and over again or I'm de- I just can't focus. I'm staring at the window, whatever it is. Another one I thought was really good is um, your performance does go down. So and that's the thing that you were saying when you talked to me, right. you thought your performance went down, but really what you were doing is you were really aware that you were out of sorts. You weren't yourself. Mm-hmm. So I didn't think your performance was going down, but you knew your performance was going down and it was you went, something's not right with me. This is not how I normally am. Mm-hmm. So I thought those are really interesting. Those are just a, a few that for people listening, if you can relate to any of those, you might be ready to have a talk with your boss or with HR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I guess to dive into sort of the meat and bones of our conversation, again, as I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, we're, we're not professional counselor. <laughs> we just our, care. Yeah. Like we, we care. just care and, and <laughs> our opinions and our thoughts on this. But yeah, you know, I think if you're thinking about having that conversation, like, and this is really an open-ended question for the two of us at the moment, like how, how do you start to make the moves towards actually having that conversation? So, you know, for me to go back to my example that I shared with you all, um, I knew that it was time to have the conversation when I was exhibiting a, a few of those things that you just mm-hmm. <laughs> that you just mm-hmm. mentioned. Like mm-hmm. I um and this is hot off the press. I don't think I disclosed this to you at the time, but I was drinking more than I normally drink. And so mm-hmm. then every day I was a lot more tired and I felt that that then made it so that it was harder for me to like keep my appearance. And, you know, I was working retail, you're working with people. So you need to look good. You need to have your, your game face on. And I didn't feel that I always had that. So there were like these other little tiny pieces that I was noticing in myself that you weren't seeing because you weren't directly with me every day. Mm. And for me, it was like when I had a few different things that were happening, that was when I said, okay, this is the time for me to have this conversation. Um, but again, I felt safe. I felt like that was something mm-hmm. that I, I could have that conversation with you. So if you don't feel safe or you feel that it's going to be received negatively, what are some other ways that we mm-hmm. might mm-hmm. be able to approach it then? Like, Okay. Yes. Okay, I have some thoughts. Okay. Going back to the storytelling. Yes. In any time there's awkward conversations or uncomfortable conversations, confrontation, whatever it is where it takes a lot of courage to talk to somebody, always start with a story. Always. Always remove yourself. 
remove the person listening and you talking and just share a story. I'd like to share a story with you before I start talking. Mm. They paint the picture and that's what you did. And whether you did at the beginning or not, that story was made me, it gave me so much understanding that I knew now I want to support you. It, it, it changed. It was a game changer because I was like, "Well, how can I support you through this?" But I knew you. I knew this was okay. So number one is story. The story is the most important part because the story is going to paint the picture of why you're taking your your. This is it takes so much courage. Okay, um, so that's my first one. Is is and really spend time with your friends. Going, I need to talk to my boss. I need to, I don't know how much of the story, because the second thing is do not disclose anything. You do, you do, you have every right not to disclose everything. Mm-hmm. So you can disclose it like you were really transparent, but you don't have to be that transparent. You right. can disclose exactly what you want, but maybe talk to your friends who go help me unpack how do I share this story with my boss? So that's my first thought is the story is key. I like that. And I I do think that's a good suggestion of asking your friends for advice. I mean, I know that's something we've talked about in other podcast episodes before too, you know, but to use your friends as a, like a, you know, the trial, (laughs) the trial person, if you will. But um, I I guess I never realized how impactful my story was. So I, Mm. I like hearing that. And I like this idea Mm. that like, cause it taps into that human connection, right? So even yeah. if you don't already have a really tight rapport or a very comfortable relationship with your manager, there's still a human and that's going to tug at that, that mm-hmm. human element inside them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's really common. Like it's this, for people listening, you're not alone. <laughs> like in many companies, um, probably all the companies I've been working with, there's been a situation where something something like this has come up at Fluvog with you and I. There were, you weren't the only one at Fluvog either. Like this, mm-hmm. this is really real. And when people feel safe and, and you're part of their journey, you're part of their story and you want to always empower them, it's they can't always be on. They're not always going to be at 100%. And so when they get down to 25%, it's for a season. Mm-hmm. they're there for just a moment in time. And that's when we get around them and go, what can I do for you during this season? So when you go talk to your boss, this isn't your normal, which wants, leads me to my second thing. The phrase I really like is I'm not myself. Mm. When you talk to your boss, I'm not myself. And, and then maybe explain what what yourself looks like and what is happening because then it shows I'm not me right now. This isn't how I normally do things. And again, that's what you did when you talked to me. I'm not, you didn't, I don't remember if you said I'm not myself, but you were pretty much saying I'm not myself. (laughs) So that'd be my second one. Well, and so you said, you know, this idea of I'm not myself and then um, elaborating more with the comparison of what your normal self would be versus what you feel like you're dealing with at the moment. And I, I think this uh, coupling of you don't have to disclose everything Mm-mm. with Mm-mm. the idea of I'm not myself. Here's how, here's who self is. Here's what's happening now. Um, I think that that can be a good combination for people that 
are really feeling hesitant and they really don't want to disclose too much about their mm-hmm. mental health because that mm-hmm. is a nice, safe, gentle way to say, I need support right now. But you can still, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? In a way, it's like you can cloak it. So an example that I think of is um, with myself I know that if I am in a place where I'm struggling with my mental health, something that starts to really slip or starts to become more difficult for me is uh, being able to like focus uh, in meetings or in conversations. Yeah. And so that's another one. If I if I'm having that, I could say something more along the lines of, hey, I'm not myself right now. I find that I'm having a hard time focusing in our meetings. And I think if it would be really helpful for me if we can have a little recap together after our meetings or can, you know, I just want to let you know that because I'm having a hard time focusing right now, you might find that I'm going to interrupt a little bit more because I'm, I'm going to need to ask more questions to make sure that I'm staying on track. So that's a way that, you know, right there, I'm saying I need help with my mental health without saying I need help with yes. my mental health. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You don't have to go in and go, you didn't with me. It's, it's, that's why the story is so important. You, and also there are a lot of people who majority of people are very private about who they are in their personal life. And so for you to go to your boss, it's not all of a sudden your boss gets to hear every little thing about you. Um, so I agree with that. You can find the language and that's where talking to your friends it's worth it. If you, if you really are struggling, I know it's courageous for you to talk to your boss, but it's worth talking to your boss and learning how to do it right. So a couple of other tricks is, and I I say this on everything. Um, I mean, it doesn't matter when it's important. uh, Here's my suggestion. You record yourself and you've heard me in other podcasts say this, you record yourself and you get it down to one minute. I was just talking to a leader yesterday and she did that on a different topic, but she had at five and she kept going until she, and she kept recording herself, recording herself until she had one minute. And she said she felt so confident because she was able to communicate everything she needed to say in one minute. So that's also really clear is you just go in and you're prepared. You go prepared. You have bullet points. What are the four things I want to say? And you can say, I brought a paper because I I just want to make sure I clearly communicate four things. I don't want to go off on a tangent. So you go with bullet points and then you talk to your friend, you type it out, you journal it out and you put that work in and then you go talk to your boss because you're going to be very sure. You don't want to walk away going, oh, I wish I never said that. Why did I say that? You don't want to do, you don't want to do that to yourself. Right. Right. Yeah. I am very on board with this idea because Again, especially if you're nervous about the conversation, it will be, it's so easy to, when you're nervous to go in and like word vomit and say all these things that aren't connected or that you might not even mean. Uh, So I I do like this idea of rehearsing first. And um, to go back to what I was saying a moment ago, if you really don't want to use the words, I'm struggling with mental health, or if you really don't want to disclose too much about your personal life, I think making sure that you rehearse and take the time to prepare beforehand will be so crucial because then you can find those pieces, like I was saying, and and cloak them and turn it into something else. So if it's mm-hmm. 
if it's I'm having a hard time concentrating because of my mental health, that can just become I'm I'm not feeling myself right now. I'm finding it harder to concentrate. Here's how I need your support. Um, and that piece, I think if you prepare first, mm-hmm. then going into it, knowing ahead of time what what you need to support yes. you. Um, I think is another way that you can make sure that the conversation doesn't, it it doesn't revolve too much around just like this story of your mental health and how you're struggling. So instead it's, I'm having some struggles in these arenas right now. And I've identified that this is how I need support uh, while while I'm experiencing this. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you get that support indefinitely, but I think identifying what kind of support you need and going mm-hmm. into the conversation with that uh, at, mm-hmm. at your ready could be really helpful. It really is. And bosses, it's really cool. Like I, I have one, um, one company where the, the leader, the boss rescheduled, rearranged one individual's schedule completely for a season because they recognized that they were not themselves and they said, okay, here's what we're going to do. You're going to take, they just rearranged the, her, her f- full 40 hours in a way that made her like, oh, that would work great. Would that work for you? That would help me a lot. And they did that for a short amount of time and it really helped. So the, you'll be surprised, but I love what you said, Brenda. What do you need? Do you know, do you have an ask? Like, is there a request you want to make? So I think that's really great. And you can also say, what does the company offer? Mm-hmm. Another thing too, I thought about is remember that when you go in, I thought about this, tell me what you think of this. When you go in to talk to your boss, you are the one rehearsing. Yeah. <laughs> You're the one who's put all the preparation and talk to your friends and really put, you know, really when it, your boss, will. this will be the first time your boss has heard of it. So what you might want to do is say at the beginning, I want to talk to you about something. And I thought after we're done, if we could schedule another meeting so we could talk about solutions. Oh, okay. So say at the beginning and at the end say, so when are you free the next time? And this way it gives your boss an opportunity to think. Right. So could I leave this? I'd like to leave this with you. And then if we could schedule another meeting with, to come up with solutions. So it shows you're proactive, you're committed, you're, you know, you're, you're really seeking your boss's help. So what do you think about that? I, I really like that because as you said, when you go into it, you already, you've already rehearsed, you already have, you, know, you already know like what the problem is and what your hopeful yeah. solutions are. Or, and so I, I like that, you know, letting them know, hey, let's follow up because that can give them time. And depending on the severity of what's happening as, as well, right? Like that could give them time to look into what uh, health plans the company offers and whether or not there's any sort of support that you can get for your mental health via your health plans. It could give them a t- time to connect with HR in case they need to be involved in some way. So I think that uh, that's nice to give the your manager that space because mm-hmm. they likely will want to help you and support you. And yeah. that can give them some time to also put on their thinking cap and come up with some resources yeah. uh, that yeah. can be helpful. Yeah, yeah. So I, I really um, love that. Okay, so I had another idea. I thought, um, I think, so Brenda, when you and I chatted, was I in Seattle? Did you wait till I was there to talk to me in person? I think I called you on the phone. 
You did. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, we were only two hours, an hour and a half apart. So mm-hmm. I, I probably drove in to see you after you. Well, that yes. So I believe okay. I told you on the phone and then it was okay. actually similar to what we're describing now. It was like, let's, you reassured me in that moment. And then it was, yeah. you know, let's follow up. And then you did come down and we had a more in-depth, you know, yeah. hubbub. Because I think it's, and I think that face-to-face is probably a better approach than phone. And like you and I have established a strong relationship already. So, you know, if there's a strong trust, I think people that are listening, if they already have a strong trust, they already have that, that where they can really go to their boss. But for the people that aren't sure, like, you know, I think face-to-face, whether video, you know, uh, you're doing video conferencing or physically in person, I think is much better and safer for you to be present so they can see your body language, they can see your tones, you can see their body language. There's going to be something, it's uninterrupted, there's no, no distractions, It's you have their full attention. And I think that is, I think that's a better solution. So I would strongly suggest people do a video call or one-on-one. What do, you, what do you, yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, at the time this was still like Zoom was still kind of new. Yeah. There wasn't a whole right. lot of video conferencing. <laughs> no, there wasn't. Um, you know, so, no. so it made sense, but yes, I think in our current day and age, if you have the option to connect, uh, either in person or through a video, I do think that's good because then you can, as you said, you can really see people's body language, you can see the emotion. It just makes it a more human connection, um, Mm -hmm. you know, through and through really. Okay. So we are nearing the end of our episode. And (laughs) so I, I want us to be mindful of our time, but you know, uh, for me, I would say as my closing message to you all, um, if, if you are struggling with your mental health, And you are at this point where you feel that it's starting to affect you and you're worried about whether or not it's going to be well-received. I don't know. I personally am very much team, like, just go for it. (laughs) Um, But find the way that it, it makes you feel safe. So whether that's employing some of these solutions that we've come up with, which is to say, I'm not myself rather than actually saying I'm struggling, struggling with my mental health, whether that's to cloak some of these things so that you're just bringing them to the table as things that you uh, are maybe just not feeling yourself around, so you need a little extra support in. Try to find how you need that support or at least get an idea of that for yourself uh, before you have the conversation and practice, practice, practice. And I mean, the more prepared you feel, I think the the more smoothly that conversation will go. And to go back to the very first thing that you offered, Karen, I think the storytelling you know, remembering that there's another human on the other side of this conversation. There's another yeah. human that you're talking to. So really yeah. try and tap into that human element in them. Like, yes, they're, you know, your boss. Yes, it's a, yes, it's work. Yes, it's corporation, mm-hmm. whatever. Little <laughs> shoulder wiggles here. But, um, you know, and, and I think in the grand scheme of the world, we workplaces are starting to be more aware of mental health. And there is starting to be more of a movement towards 
uh, fostering uh, environments where we can have these conversations. So like, let yourself be that pioneer. Let yourself be one of those people that is, you know, treading the waters of having uncomfortable conversations around mental wealth and the work health in the workplace, because you never know who else around you might be struggling. And if they see you do that, like you might inspire someone else to to stand up and say, Hey, mm-hmm. actually I need some support too, or Hey, I'm struggling too. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's all about destigmatizing having these conversations. So mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. my 20 cents for you. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, my two final thoughts are no shame whatsoever. Yes. You just, the, no shame. Yeah, if you have physical health and you need to talk to your boss because you're having lower back pain, and you're like, I'm, I'm going to have to take some time off or go see a physiotherapist. Do, you know, does the, does the work provide anything, you know, for physical therapy or whatever? You wouldn't be shamed for that. Mental right. health, you're not yourself. That's it. And so no shame whatsoever. And shame, the way Brené Brown says is like, uh, I feel guilty. I am guilty. I am guilty. I am this, you know, or I feel, I feel out of sorts. I am out of sorts. It, like it's that it's labeling you and that mislabeling it can create shame because you're attacking yourself with negative words. Okay. The second thing I wanted to leave is remember everything you're doing right. Yes. It, mental health does not mean you're doing everything wrong. Right. Mental health means maybe your concentration's not there. Uh, maybe your performance just has altered a bit. Maybe, you know, you're not focused. There are things happening, but doesn't mean keep remembering what you're doing right. So I would suggest go in to your meeting and say, I know these things I'm fine with. So I'm still confident. These things are I'm doing really well in, but where I'm not myself is I'm noticing this is happening and it's a warning sign for me. An alarm bell's going off. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to tell you a story. Mm-hmm. I did tell you what I think it is. Something like just no shame and remember what you're doing right. So that's what I want to end with. Yes. I really like that. Thank you for that last <laughs> piece because <laughs> to go back to the very beginning of the episode, you reassured me. You reassured me, no, you are still meeting your job mm-hmm. functions in these ways. And you doing that was huge. Huge, 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 and made me feel so much better about the entire interaction. So I think that's a lovely last note to end on. (laughs) And with that, this has been our conversation about talking mental health in the workplace. Thank you for joining us. And we hope to have you again on Do That Well. Bye.